You're listening to V for Vertigo, episode 114. Something kind of vertigo going on here. I've been seeing fables in my dreams. I've been laying scalped out here for hours in this swampy New Orleans. I've been reading spells from books and magic, trying just to help lay trails to you. Feeling like a loser, so, so tragic. Feeling like I'm left to preach at all the time spent moving all so slow It's something kind of vertigo Welcome, it's the beginning of another edition of V for Vertigo Where I'm in the air everywhere Streaming on the vast world wide web And this podcast is one man's journey into the world of all things Vertigo Comics because everything else is just picture books. I'm your host, Mark. I'll be there for you, Johnson. And this week's spoiler field review will cover Fables, War and Pieces by Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham. And hello, everybody. And I just must take this time to say, man, I don't know why I'm recording now, but I feel like going on a rant about writers and how much I hate them. (laughs) Not all of them, just most of them. I mean, all the things I read, it just makes no sense. It's like, what, you guys, you guys are terrible. Yeah, but I won't go on a rant about them. I'm probably never making friends in the writing industry, by the way. Um, instead, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about Thunder, 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 Cats. Okay, I don't know if you know this, but apparently it's the 80s again. Uh, because you got the Smurfs, the Transformers, um, other, th- what else is there? Thundercats and, I guess G.I. Joe. I'm not, I never was a big fan of G.I. Joe, but I think they have a new cartoon out too. So, it is the 80s all over again, but with shittier toys and hit-or-miss cartoons. Because the Transformers one was fucking terrible. Um, but, there, this Thundercats cartoon, I only watched the first two episodes. I haven't gotten around to the third one yet. And I must say, it's really fucking good. I was surprised at how good it was. I was expecting... Oh, just like Transformers. Like, oh, this one sucks too. But Thundercats is good. It's voiced by Batman for Beyond and or slash not Corey, not Sean, Eric from Boy Meets World. And there's like other people. But it's it's surprisingly good. The story is a lot deeper. Unlike I'm trying to remember. It's hard to remember Thundercats, but if I remember correctly, the story for the original Thundercats kind of started you off in the middle of things. Uh, Like, I guess the cats had already, you know, failed and Mumra was there. Well, this one starts in the beginning and everything goes to shit, obviously, but that's interesting, but it's it's pretty good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it's I think it's good in some aspects better than the original show, but I think it's worse in some. Like one of the things I don't like is Snarf. He doesn't talk in this one, dude. 
Which is weird. Okay, this is what I don't get. So, the cats are a species unto themselves. And as you might suspect, they all talk. But isn't, isn't Snarf a cat, too? Shouldn't he talk? Oh, he's more like a cat from ours, from our planet, but weirder looking. Or is it because he's young? Like, he's, I guess, the equivalent of a babe? But he doesn't talk. That's kind of lame. Maybe he'll talk later. Snarf, snarf! Um, and the, another thing I don't like mm, is the animation. I like the Ch Chitara's uh, character design. She's looking hot. But the animation overall, it's... I mean, if you're a fan of anime, you'll like it. I... Yeah, I'm not a fan of anime. As much uh, DBZ and Yu-Gi-Oh! as I watch, I'm not a fan of anime. Which is, uh... It's kind of funny because the original show was heavily influenced by anime. But it, I would say it didn't have that look. I mean, when it came to some of the fight scenes and the the backgrounds, how they're all flashed or scribbled out, uh, well, then yes, obviously. But I would say Thundercats and Transformers, the movie, struck a perfect chord with balancing American animation and Japanese animation. And this new Thundercats skews a bit towards there's a bit towards uh, Japanese animation and it looks weird because Japanese animation looks weird it's really I mean yeah I don't know if it's okay the, I mean the animation's okay but those are probably mean my two biggest hang-ups about it uh, so it's a good show you should probably watch the third episode tonight right Oh, so, enough about Thundercats. So, I bought something I probably shouldn't have, or maybe I could have got it for cheaper. But it, it is awesome. Now, I've been looking, for the past few months, I've been looking for the Spawn Deluxe Origins Volume 1. And unfortunately, it's out of print. So, I've seen it. I mean, you can get the signed version for like a thousand, but I don't want the signed crap. I just want the regular one. And it retailed for a hundred bucks. It's an omnibus. It's my first omnibus, and I really, really enjoy it. It collects first issues, uh, one through twenty-five. I was tempted to buy, uh, Spawn. Like I think I've seen one through, I don't know. 165 185 whatever or at least most of the gaps were probably uh, around 200 so i mean i could have got the entire series for more than i spent the book a little more but i got i kept getting outbidded and uh what's funny i paid 150 for this probably could have got it cheaper but uh yeah um I've seen it sell. I remember I got a few months ago. I got in a bidding war. I think I bid over two hundred, but I think it ended up for going for like three to three twenty-five, maybe three fifty. So, yeah, I mean, I bought it because Spawn was awesome, and reading it, it is awesome. I also bought it for research purposes, so I needed to brush up on my Spawn. I don't know where my old comics are. Probably lost somewhere. 
I don't know what my dad did with them. But, uh, so, I read about that. I bought it for that because I do want to write a comic book, which is a cross between uh, Spawn and Preacher. But it's great. It's uh, apparently reprinted as it was supposed to, full. It's bigger, so it's, I guess that's how it goes. I don't know how... I don't know. That's interesting. How does a comic get made? Does it... It's bigger. Or how did it get made in the 90s? No. I don't know. Because uh, the intro said it start. This is how it's meant to be read. Because it starts off at... Since it's bigger, this is like the actual size that McFarlane uh, drew him. So, it's pretty good. I mean, if you can get your hands on one, it's uh, awesome. I gotta buy the Volume 2 one before that goes out of it. The sell's out. Which I should get from InStockTrades.com. So it's only like 60-something bucks. Unfortunately, there's no Volume 3. I at least want the first 100 issues. Not that I've read... Yeah, this sucks. Because I've not read past um, issue 50. When I was collecting them in singles before I stopped buying comics. I think I had 1 through 50-ish. Then I stopped comics and... What's uh, terrible for me because I heard uh, Greg Capullo, I believe, does the run from like 50 to 100, and it's really good. From what I really am tempted to wiki it, I might have. Uh, Doesn't matter. Is that Greg Capullo? I guess Spawn's clock eventually runs out, and then he goes to hell, and well, he gets out because it's like on 180 issues or something right now. So I want to read that. I really hope I'll probably I'll probably email uh, spawn.com and be like, yo, so where's uh you know volume three? So I like that, and I would really love if Preacher or Lucifer were released in those omnibus type forms too. So uh, if anyone's listening, get on that. So I, I do as much as I hate covers, uh, hard covers. I enjoy that. I enjoyed the extra stuff, the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and it just looks beautiful because McFarlane, he was the shit back in the day. So enough about my Thundercats and uh, Spawn. Uh, let's get down talking to Fables. And now it's time for the rundown. So, Fables, worn pieces. <laughs> I hate this trade. Um, but before we get into that, my thoughts about it. Um... Let's talk about the summary. So Cinderella is off on another secret mission. And this is before Fable Town uh, strikes against uh, Geppetto. And she retrieves Pinocchio, who uh, somehow is in our world now and under guard or captured. Anyway, she easily rescues him. And that is like the first issue or two. And then she oh, she dispatches Hansel or Gretel. Hansel or Gretel. Which is supposed to be the girl? Hansel? Gretel. They both sound like girl names. Well, anyways. I think it's Gretel. She she, she dispatches Gretel, but doesn't kill him. Um, I don't know why. Um, and then... Uh, that's pretty much the end. Uh, um, Pinocchio, I guess, tells... Them, them stuff whatever so it's uh, I really want to talk about that now I don't know what to do 
Alright, so in the major part of the story, Fable Town combined with uh, Cloud City. Cloud, is they, are they called Cloud City? Or just call them Cloud City? Cloud City and the Arabian Nights strike against Geppetto. Now, since the wooden soldiers are gone, they have nothing to worry about, as they were easily dispatched in the last trade. And a huge chunk of Geppetto's armies are gone. So, they concoct this thing. Um, they have a base somewhere on some world, along with an escapee uh, beanstalk. But the majority of the attack, uh, quote-unquote attack, takes place from the air. And the Arabian fables created this airship. But it's basically a bunch of flying carpets hobbled together. And from that airship, they slowly go and drop... They drop the bomb. Well, they drop bombs on the gateways. And anything that gets near them, like dragons, they just uh, snipe out of the sky. And they snipe ground troopers. They, they, they just pretty much... Un this undestructible ship... Uh, well, it's not indestructible. Did I say undestructible? This indestructible ship just goes around destroying gateways, dropping bombs, and sniping people. It's a very one-sided war. So, and then, uh, yeah, uh, what else is though? So, eventually they get the idea to send all their dragons at once. And as you might suspect, the airship comes away with no damage. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. But it happens. I figured dragons would be a little harder to kill. They do have, you know, scales and stuff. It'd be a little harder for the bullet to penetrate, but whatever. So they take out that and then they, they basically take out all the gateways. But there is one dragon, which this is weird and makes no sense. So they get to one dragon that the Emperor holds back and while they're refueling the dragon attacks and takes out um, the airship and then, so Sinbad and Prince Charming have to haul the last bomb to the last gateway. Meanwhile the ground forces have spotted uh, Big B's uh, or that place. Uh, they're, they're getting they're easily getting supplies and stuff because uh, Boy Blue has uh, witching cloaked um, from our world to uh, where the airship to the beanstalk to the wolf place. So it's, it's all pretty easy. So Big B has a slightly harder time because he has to face ground troops. But things also go easy there because uh, they have guns. And guns beat swords. So there you go. And then, so, but in the, in the Imperial Capital, I don't even know what the city is called. So all the warlocks are there training, which is unfortunate for, um, Gebettos because it might've made things interesting. So what they do, Sleeping Beauty, they prick her and well, at least she didn't win the war as I thought so last episode or last last episode. They prick her and everyone in that city goes to sleep and is entangled by 
a bunch of vines. So, you know what? Three fronts, piece of cake. So, things kind of get a little difficult when the Emperor breaks out of Sleeping Beauty's or the vine things because, you know, he's a, he's a wooden soldier. Um, and then he fights, and then him and Big B fight, and he actually beats Big B. Um, but then they, after getting more ammo, again, um, they fire everything, and then Boy Blue, instead of being the supply line slash messenger, Boy Blue uses the Vopal sword to kill the Emperor. And the war's over. And pretty much everything went according to plan. It was easy. I don't know if anyone died. Anyone of consequence. I think like a, a frog or something. Or goat died. I don't I don't remember. Uh, but they could be resurrected. So after that they head over to where Geppetto's at. No, and they got a lot of uh, intel from Pinocchio. They head over where Geppetto's at. And you, you think they would uh, try him and uh, put him on trial and try to kill him. Uh, but no. They have him, for some inexplicable reason, sign uh, the charter to become a part of Fable Town. Uh, so now all his his past things or past transgressions are forgiven. So he does that, and the war is over. The end. And man alive, was that was that did that. Everything went according to plan. He was easy. Uh, whatever. It sucked. So, I have no idea where to start. This terrible, terrible book on this terrible, terrible series. Let's start with the art. So, generally, I think Buckingham does a good job. But, the first two issues uh, with the Cinderella rescuing Pinocchio, um, he did not do the art and whoever did sucked yeah you know how i said the thundercats was like some uh, some mixed between anime and american although this newer one is more anime than american this first couple issues is like some freakish anime hybrid but terrible it isn't good enough to be anime it wasn't good enough to be cartoon and it was weird it was weird. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know where to, this, this is a serious, why do people like this shit? This is horrible. So, the only thing I kind of felt for was Boy Blue, because, oh, I forgot to mention that he finally reveals his feelings for Rose Red, but then she's all, oh, you're like a brother to me, oh, and then... Yeah, he's that kind of sucks. Everyone thought they were together, uh, but they're not together. And that was that hurt, but only because uh, I've been there. So, my biggest problem with this trade is that the planning of the war, everything is easy. They, the Fable Town characters, they just uh, go along with their plan. And they do what they want, and everything works out. Cinderella has no problem dispatching everyone, as she says so. Kinkles, Merrigan, and Prince Charming as a general. Probably should have mentioned that. I never once felt that 
Cinderella was in danger because in her story she was so nonchalant about it because there were narrative thoughts from her point of view. But, you know, I can understand that because she's a popular fable. So it's like, all right, what's going to happen to you? And then she was like, I'm I'm the greatest spy. I'm the best at what I do. Well, that would be Wolverine. I guess she'd be like, I'm the best at what I do. I don't know what that was. But she kept reminding how good she was because she's had centuries of training. And Fable Town training, I guess, American or immortal type training. And then she's back with magic and then she uses science. So I was just like, oh, this story sucks. This half of the story sucks. And I kind of wish that I wanted to read more about Pinocchio's escaping. Because did I miss a trade here? Because I really feel like I missed a trade. Like, how did he overcome the loyalty spell? How did he find the gateway into our world? What allies helped him? Why were the people that he hired to protect him now capturing him? Like, there's all these questions. None of it's covered, and any of it would have been interesting. Like, were there other... uh, um, wooden well not soldiers because they're not all soldiers wooden uh people puppets that felt as way as him he he didn't show anything it was just like oh okay pinocchio's here and then i go i expect for pinocchio to have like a flashback issue half of a flashback issue where he's like um yeah i met these people i found out the gateway's doing this i know uh because even even a couple of days ago, well, I believe when Big B or Boy Blue was there, he was like, or at least show him breaking the loyalty spell, because he obviously broke it somehow. And I, uh, but he was, was like, no, nah, I can't go back with you. And then it's because of the, and then Geppetto mentions the loyalty spell. So, it's all really fucking gay, now that I think about it. I don't know why that wasn't covered. That would have been interesting. It's, it's just like, oh, Pinocchio's here. Because he has to be to tell them about other gateways. So, after that shitty storyline, the other one started to pick up when the war was happening. I do admit, it started to get interesting, and then it dropped again. Because just like Cinderella, everything goes too easily. Their plans. It's like, everything is so fucking perfect. It's... It actually it is the perfect example of why I do not like this series. Every but like the worst thing. Okay, so everyone's powerful, no one dies, uh, whatever, right? Everything's easy. But so then you're gonna end you're gonna end the series by oh the war just goes so easily. Like there were some problems back when the wooden soldiers marched into Fable Town. Was that the third trade? And every now it's like, oh, it's so easy. We destroy, we destroy their armies with their guns. We blow up the gateways. We kill our dragons with their guns. There is no tension in this book whatsoever, because everything goes so well. There's, there's no traitor. There's no uh, no backstabbing. No malfunction. Uh, no out of ammo. Like I mean, you could have at least had something go wrong. No out of food. No exhausted troops. It's like no nothing. Everything goes so easily. The only 
The only thing it doesn't go easily for is like Prince Charming because half his body's burned. But he'll heal. Unless he's dead, I guess. So it's it's fucking ridiculous. You just re- I, oh I'm reading it and I'm like oh okay it's, there's a lot of dragons there at the end of the issue at the end of end issue it goes there's a lot of dragons there I don't know even with all their guns because uh, you figure automatics won't pierce with because they're weaker caliber they're not gonna pierce the dragons I don't even know if they have any automatics in the air so far they've used nothing but rifles. High caliber rifles. So you're like, oh, okay. But there's a lot of dragons. So maybe a couple of dragons will get through. Maybe things will be interesting. Nope. Let's go our heavy metal plan. We shoot them all. Fire everything. Do, 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 do. Oh. And there's not even smoke trailing on the on the airship. There's nothing. So well, that was easy. Next page. Oh, that was easy. We took care of that. We used a little military term from the Americans. I was like, oh, okay. So you can just eat a dick. Uh, with that. So, another thing that bothered me is that the, just the way the trade is told, and I do mean told, there is far too much telling. And then there's some things like Pinocchio that's just not told. Or forget, not even shown, not even told. So, like I said, Cinderella in the first story tells her story from her point of view. Because her story is all centered on her. So then when we got to the war, you would think they'd switch to different POVs such as uh, Prince Charming or Big B or, um, I don't know, Sleeping Beauty or someone. Nope, it goes to Boy Blue. Now it makes sense because Boy Blue, he is kind of the linchpin. I mean, he's very important. Um, He's not going to get anything with his heroics though because he... He's just, he's he's a, he's a deus ex machina. Well, maybe not him, but the cloak is. Because I can fit everything I want in the cloak. Look, you need uh, millions and millions of pounds of weaponry? No problem. I'll just put it in my cloak and I'll transport it for you. There are any drawbacks to that? No, it's easily easy peasy. And Boy Blue, it's only told through Boy Blue's eyes because he's everywhere. Which is kind of lame that he can be everywhere and that there's no restrictions to the cloak. Oh, oh, you would think they would be like, oh, can this cloak transport, uh, aside from the wearer, can it transport organics? Oh, yeah. You'd think I would at least have a restriction. Uh, can't transport, uh, non or organics except for the wearer. Even that would have made things. Nope, nope. We we'll transport every, everyone, everyone in. Everyone in next to the, uh, which I still don't understand how that would work. Where where do they go? To the void? To nothingness? But everyone in next to the millions of pounds of weaponry. Oh, you need food? I'm your man. Just just throw it in the cloak. Throw it in the cloak. <sighs> There's nothing. You would think that, or at least have the adversary strike back somewhere. Oh, no, I got all these warlocks. I got all these warlocks. Ah, uh, uh, Sleeping Beauty, I'll put some to sleep. So, that's, that's great. So everything goes easy. The easiest war in the, all of wars. The easiest war in all of wars. This, it's, uh, I don't know. So, the uh, the last thing, I guess, or at least one of the last things that bothered me is, so you figure, oh, they're, they're going to kill Geppetto out of all the suffering we've never really seen, uh, which is still a drawback. Uh, they're going to kill him. No, they, they grant him sanctuary. It's like, seriously, seriously, I don't get it. 
Uh, so, I don't know, maybe, I mean, yes, you can brush over that, oh, it was Pinocchio, he didn't want his father to die, but they didn't even go into that, that detail, or you could have shown people, been like, what, no, you're giving sanctuary, we're gonna kill him, like, mob mentality, nope, none of that, everyone's like, okay, I know he kicked us out and tried to kill us, oh, yeah, fucking have him sign the fucking thing, ah, it's fine, so, none of that, I think what would have been awesome is if Captain Hook was the villain. That would have been sick, right? Because he would have been evil. And they, willing him, might have learned how to write. And then, like, fucking shown how evil he was. They would have shown ruined worlds or people getting raped or killed or something. Because, you know, he's Captain fucking Hook. Uh, you get none of that. You get none of that. Geppetto's kind of there. Captain Hook would have been captured or he would have tried to kill them. They probably would have killed Captain Hook. So, so many more things. So many better things he could have done with fucking Captain Hook. The only interesting thing about Geppetto is how evil he looked at times with that whole, like, when uh, Buckingham draws that, he draws that well, that evil light the way this his face is all calm but he's like dun, 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 the way the light and shadows on him that's cool and i like the fact that geppetto did want to kill them but geppetto can't really do anything so but this this whole trade nay this whole entire series is a huge fucking whimper you have this moderately decent build-up um some people think it's a great fucking build-up can't wait to talk to other people about that shit. And then you get to the war itself. And you're like, oh, that was that was easy. And no one really died, I guess. I guess Prince Charming, I know. He, you would like to say Prince Charming died, but it's been shown that A, no one dies in this trade. And B, anyone can die, can come back. Yeah, much like Marvel and DC's uh, superhero books. Uh, now... Another thing, which is probably my fault. I thought that there was one more trade after this. You know. Um, but for the adversary storyline, obviously there's more trades after this. Uh, but the war ends here. So it's weird. But it's, like, it's, o- it's over. Thanks for coming. Right. Um, I mean, I'll read it. I guess I'll throw it under. I I hope the other trade is at least an epilogue or something. One long epilogue. Couldn't be as boring as this trade. Um, So, that might be my fault. But if so, I could save myself uh, like eight or nine bucks. And just fucking bought up to this trade. Uh, So, overall, I'm giving Fables War and Pieces. Or Easy Peasy, as I like to call it. On the Mark Critic score. A fucking one. I mean, a one. This is hard. This is some horrible shit. I don't even think I've given William a one before. Let me think. I don't know. But this trade's a fucking one. Um, as always, thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate it if you left me some feedback on iTunes. You can support the show by buying my DRM free ebook catalyst available everywhere. Next week's pick will be Hellblazer Fear and Loathing. If you have comments, questions, suggestions, you can email me at vertigocast at gmail.com. You can go to the comic, the comicforums.com to leave 
something or buy my comics whatever i'm probably gonna update that anyone want to buy all the fables um to see what's coming up visit the website at vfavoritogo.blogspot.com i'm also part of the comics podcast network you can check that out at comicspodcast.com follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash hellsfire and remember you don't lose what you wait wait let's let's strike that reverse it (laughs) and remember I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. I'll be there for you like I've been there before. Ha <laughs> ha!